to Open All Ours, the QPR podcast. I'm David Fraser. I'm sat here with three other QPR fans this evening. To my left, podcast founder and regular um, flower man, Paul Finney. I'm back being founder, not joined by. I'm founder? Being, I, 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 I can I, call you that. I am, but yeah, you know there's four of us. By, like, I just managed to come in off the street. But I'm, I'm, I, this is a weepy moment. I'm, I'm, I need some time. Carry on. Um, loft for our, loft for ours. I beg your pardon. Loft for words. Clive Whittingham. Hello. And Steve Sace. Good evening. No interview tonight, but four of us done a fair few podcasts between us and lots to talk about, so I'm sure we won't be stuck for conversation. He's actually from Indiars. No, I've no interest in that either. Steve. From Indiars. Steve Sace from Indiars. <laughs> Did I not say Indiars? Uh, you didn't, but it's not a big problem. No, I'm just, I just found it that Since as well. it might be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the whole point be. while you're on, you <laughs> mind. Did you found Indiars as well? Me and Steve Russell, yes. Okay. Just, just when was know. that? Tell me the story of that. Oh, God. Not, not on this podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it could take four years, five years, and probably a deal sentence. How old, how old is Indiars? Indiars is quite old. And it was February... But near enough 10 years, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's nearly 10 years. Yeah, it's nearly 10 years. Oh, congratulations. Just wish more people would post the damn thing. Carry on. Okay. Um, for those of you who haven't listened before, this is how you can keep in touch with us. You can follow us on Twitter at QPR Pod. Search for us on Facebook. We're listed under the new QPR podcast. Or you can listen to all old episodes um, via our website or our SoundCloud channel. Okay. There's also a good one as well called Podbean. You can get an Android phone. What's that that streams the podcast? It's got all our old episodes on it as well. You can find us if you have an Android Download Podbeam and you should be able to find us. Sorry about that, just thought I'd mention it. And if you really want to hear really, really old ones, we used to be known as QPR Podcast, not QPR Pod. Right, okay, enough of that. Um, let's talk about the reason that we're here. Um, let's start with the game on Saturday. Um, late, late, late equaliser. Um, so much so that I had two conversations on Saturday night saying, good win for you today which were obviously from non-QPR fans who didn't see that we let in a late equaliser. Um, Clive, we'll start with you. Well, you wouldn't have seen that we let in a late equaliser because it was probably during the second reading and the classified football results that the bloody thing went in because uh, mm. you know the football was basically secondary to uh, the performance of the referee, which was on a, a Gurnham Singh level of uh, ridiculousness and turned the whole thing into a farce that went on past five o'clock and uh, yeah briefly a football match broke out every now and again which QPR played pretty well in I thought um, maybe deserved to win gave away maybe gave up too much possession overall yeah um, but played well and didn't look in a lot of trouble you know the goals you know it's not a great goal to concede but basically by that stage the game had descended to such a level where you could have just started drawing things out of a hat yeah, uh, and you know, an equaliser came out. So I love that phrase. Not a great goal to concede. When well, has so, the team know, ever let in a really good? Well, if, you know, I would I would think Barnsley were pretty happy with the Trevor Sinclair. You know, not happy with it, but you you just they have to stand. It. You just yeah, have to stand yeah, and look mean. at it. So yeah, but a goal from a cross that could have been stopped and a header in the area from an unmarked player. That you know, that's a poor goal, isn't it? Um, so yeah, and and the timing, obviously, something we've done quite a lot this season goals, mm. and goals and injury time which is 
But was it? Were there the same issues around that that there have been previously? QPR dropping off, like really, really annoying, annoying time to let in. Kind of, you know, letting ourselves down. I sense that it was very different this time around. No, I think yeah, I would think you would be a fool to read anything at all into a game that descended to that to the level it did on Saturday. It was a circus. I, I just think there was no pattern to it. There is, there, we can take nothing out of it other than the fact that we played well and could have won. But it was such a lottery by the end, the way the guy had handled it to that point, that I, I'm reluctant to basically take anything other than nobody died. Um, so, you know, let's go home, <laughs> play, play the next one. I mean, that's, that's, that's all I can say, Ryan. Finney? Ah, I mean, the only thing you say about that referee was like um, Mr. Magoo and Acid. I mean, I don't think he got a single call right the whole game. There's one for our younger listeners there. Maybe. Um, <laughs> and... To be fair, it, you know, he should have been sponsored by Pritstick because at least then we know he's on glue. Because he, he made some... He did, did he, Clive? I mean, some of them things... You, I know you talk about Singh, but Singh actually... How bad he was. At least he started a rad almost in the, in the loft that day. It almost went mental. Um, but your man just like... Everyone was just bemused by the end of it because he, everyone knew he was going to make the wrong call. When the ball went out and they clearly kicked it out, we knew they would get the throw in. When their goalkeeper runs into Hall, like Hall wasn't anywhere near him, was trying to start a fight, when the goalkeeper should have been probably sent off, um, he books our player. You know, things like that. And it, it was awful. But yeah. saying that, we, I mean, I know we said it the other week, well, last week, if anyone actually heard us last week. Um, yeah, Sorry bad. about that yeah, for your regular listeners. Not, um, great, not the greatest sound quality. Uh, the, um, the difference Clint Hill's made is amazing. I mean, mm. he's just come back in and marshal that defence to the extent that we actually, I don't know what you felt, I didn't think... For the 90 minutes, I didn't feel threatened at all. Whereas before, in the first 90 seconds, you feel you're under siege. I mean, the defence is, is being perched at left-back has been outstanding. I was, say, I like. was surprised that they scored because I never felt all the no. way through. I thought we were, you know, like I say, well, giving up a bit too much of the ball, I thought we were always in control of it and never looked in, in that much trouble. And like you say, Hill, Hill is playing exceptionally well. I mean, maybe we need to kill teams off. Maybe we need to... Um, Cherry missed the chance, didn't he? Yeah. Had the chance. Yes. Ten, minutes, it goes through, ten minutes left, goes through on the goal. And you know, I, I, I would have fancied myself to read what he was going to do. He was blatantly trying to draw the keeper and flick it over him. So you know, you, you've got to take those chances. He doesn't score simple goals, does he, Cherry? I remember I was thinking he missed an absolute sitter at Hull earlier in the year from about a yard out. And yet, 25 yards, he's great. <laughs> I, I, think, I think he's a new Mark Falco. Well, only, only scores spectacular yeah. 20 yards. One yard in, it's like, I'm not doing this. Yeah. It's way too easy. <laughs> it's too easy. Damn. Remember, we have an eight year old listener in uh, Little George. So, for our younger listeners, explain when you say the, the new Mark Falco. Mark Falco, um, famous for. Foley in the ball from about 35 yards, terrible goals. from one yard. They're, 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 they're even on, 30 yards They were always on those compilation videos, tapes, yeah, the Mark Falco goals. There's lots of people who probably are sitting around who, who actually know who Mark Falco was because we have got a lot of history. And old people still listen to podcasts, David. No, I know. I'm just saying for those of those that who those who are not in that category, and for those of you who do remember Mark Falco, who aren't in actually at home yet, um, he was decent, wasn't he? I I loved his. He did a brilliant volley against Chelsea. He also did a fantastic one against Southampton many many years ago. Anyway, sorry, carry on. Steve, you looked like you were about to say something. Yeah, well, I, I didn't actually go to Preston. Um, 
had other stuff to do, unfortunately, and I've clocked up a few long away trips this, this season. So you don't have to justify yourself; it's fine. <laughs> thought I'd give that one a miss, but fair play to the seven hundred who did go. Um, sound from from what I've heard, and I've read Clive's report as well. Sounds like that we uh, that we did play really well, that we dominated it, and yeah, absolute clownery from the from the officials. But I think I think there's real signs actually that the team is just slowly starting to come together, and if we. Uh, obviously, there's a few results that we need to take out of uh, of that reckoning. Um, you know, we were appalling at MK Dons. Um, actually, though, since then, you know, we've got a couple of wins under the belt. I think we're starting to look a, a lot more solid. Um, I, I think the thing about Clint Hill is really interesting because um, I'm a big fan of, 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 of Anua, but I, I just don't think he's a captain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you just notice such a huge difference when Hill is on the pitch. He's constantly talking constantly organising uh, you don't see Anua doing that and I think I think some players are born to be captains to be leaders and Clint is and, 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 and Ned isn't so you know I don't know how many If we, obviously we don't know if Clint's going to get a, a new contract next season but um, I hope he does get a, 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 another year but yeah, I think we and I think obviously Hall has been fantastic when he has played this season but you still wonder where that that organising that leadership is going to come from. Well, you need you need a centre back that's going to head it and kick it. Like you can have the ball playing centre back and playing out from the back, and that's you know that's ideally what you want. And we do have that in Hall, but you need someone next to him that is just going to head it and kick it. And uh, one of the pleasing things about Saturday was because obviously the game got quite nasty because of the guy that was in charge of it. It was like. You know, kids with a supply teacher, they realised that it, they were going to get away with loads of stuff here. So it actually got quite nasty. And previously, QPR have been a bit southern softy in that situation. But yeah. with uh, Hill... Yeah. Did you say that? But with Hill and Angelo as well... I mean, Angelo's a proper cynical Italian centre-back. He knows every trick in the book, that guy. Mm. QPR actually went with that and were nasty back with it. Actually stood up and got... And Hill's a big part of that, particularly in away games. He should have been used more, really, shouldn't he? There's a brilliant part where their player was trying to rough him up at the corner um, in the second half. Yes. And I just pissed myself laughing because he was running into Clint Hill and trying to knock him over and wind him up. And, and, and Clint Hill's just standing there, like, waiting for the It's like, no, it was like, it was like a mouse run at the Eiffel Tower. It made no impact whatsoever. And we've lacked that all season. But what else did I noticed it against Brentford as well. He's really good, cleverly and rightly. I'd start the old flare up and getting the players going again, mm-hmm. and that takes a lot to be doing. You know, I mean, I know you don't want to be getting into referees' faces, and that's wrong. But there's nothing wrong with starting the old flare up here and there and getting everyone's passion going. Because one of our, I've said all season, we we don't defend the players enough as the players themselves. We don't look after each other enough. Right. And we don't get involved enough, and we don't seem to have that passion. You bring back Clint Hill, you bring back Fallen, bang. Would you it. offer Clint Hill a new contract? I'd give him a, a, a playing coaching role because I think he's got a lot of brain that he can use in football, and I would—he's definitely a leader. Yes, I'd follow him up a hill, wouldn't you? Clive, same question. I, I agree with Finney. You can yeah. take that to the bank. <laughs> That's yeah, a first. I think and I we're, all, we're all nodding. <laughs> I think the issue is, and this is not new. This is not a new opinion, but we lack leaders. We've said on this podcast a few times we all love Ned Manua, but he perhaps isn't isn't a natural captain with Clint Hill you know what you're getting when we always sort of seem to sort of roll him out it's that old thing we've said a million times oh it's March must be time to play uh, Hill Mackie and Derry um well two out of three ain't bad is it 
Um, I think even we don't have loads of natural leaders. I say loads. I actually can't think of sort of many natural leaders we have. But even if we get six, eight games out of Clint Hill next season, I think his sort of presence and his mere aura is going to be extremely important. And the in the dressing room, he's, he's pretty influential, which is why I say coach definitely. He's got all his coaching badges. He's probably coached up. Yeah. Why not give him a go? I mean, seriously, I mean... He's, he's he's made that team so much more solid, and he will get you know he he's, he'll bring the best out of players. And I would want to fight him as a player, and I wouldn't I want to fight him as a coach. Absolutely either. agree with that. But is there room at the club for another sort of formal coach role? Feels like we're quite. There's this I'm not sure you need to give him a coach role particularly. You, you know, you accept he is playing fewer and fewer games. Totally different player, obviously. But if you think about Ryan Giggs and how. You know, his last five seasons at Man United, he played fewer and fewer, fewer games. But his kind of presence has has an effect on the team. Like I say, why not just have Clint Hill as a player? He may only play eight games next season and be on the bench, you know, 10, 12 times or whatever. But I think having him, he can still do a job based on what we've seen the last few weeks as a player. And having, like... Working with one of the junior teams as well, yeah. On the side, you know, ease him into it that way. But you don't, particularly when you're going through a transitional period where there's a lot of players coming in and out. You don't want people like Clint Hill leaving your club. I'm, I, you know, a lot of what happens this summer is probably going to depend on who they can shift permanently hmm. out of people like Fur Sandro, who aren't exactly tearing their loan spells apart, are they? You know, you can't imagine right. West Brom are going to be massively keen no. to take Sandro permanently. So, although it, I heard a story which I actually don't know if I can repeat. On well, here, repeat which, it and we'll decide after. <laughs> <laughs> like odds are that 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 Sandro will probably stay at West Brom on loan due to due to various agent relationships. Well, I don't care if he goes to China. As long as he goes somewhere, he's not on our wage bill. China could do as a big favour. It's like the new Turkey and Russia, isn't it? It's a dumping ground for overpaid, injured, <laughs> no, ageing footballers. Which, incidentally, the Wishing Sandro a twenty seventh happy twenty seventh birthday on Twitter last week. I laughed my tits. That was Jesus, not twenty seven. That, that was a tough paper round. That one was. If <laughs> that guy up. is twenty seven, you are you are all invited to my seventeenth birthday next, <laughs> next week. I think he's the same mother as Digger Costa. Um, and possibly. Well, seeing, seeing as we're talking about contracts, um, potentially obvious answer: Ali Fallin. It's more why hasn't hasn't why isn't there a new contract in place for him? Ferdinand seemed to suggest at the fans forum last week that he's still on quite a wedge. Okay. No. Well, okay. I, I, the, I, I think the club has been in the in, in the total whip hand over over Ali for the last couple of years. They've given given him a couple of extensions, and would they would they not have? But this was a pay as you play, exactly. and they didn't have a gun to their head to give him this contract. They held all the cards. Yeah, so that's, come that's on. Obvi- you're obviously in a d- when QPR are in that position. That's when they're at their most lethal. <laughs> I, would, I would be massively surprised if Ali's even on the top earners. He would stay. I mean, he's been on the podcast long enough. People listen to this will know, and you hear the passion from the fella. I, 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 the I'll geezer be, doesn't have a garden. We know that from on the podcast. He, well, he started he, the farm. He lives in a flat with a bath. No, but, but, but the thing is, I think the thing is with, with Rangers is it's, it's always the thing is I get it. They're, they're trying to be careful now. But don't be overly careful and kick everyone out that's got a bit, bit of soul to the club. Exactly. Yeah, Just in, the, in the same way that you don't want people like Clint Hill leaving your club while it's in this transitional mm. stage, you definitely don't want Ali Fallin leaving. Mm. So, mm. yeah, I mean, I would renew it. I'd, I'd renewed it already. But you don't... You can also see the club's point of view to an extent in that even at the start of this God, season... God, you've changed. 
Carry on. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Um, now, they, but the, the start of the season, I, there was there were people on social media saying, "Oh, what are we giving Fall in another year for?" You know, he's only one one tackle away from a you know another long layoff. Um, and actually, if you know if they gave him a really long contract. You know they're all they're, they're going to get hit that way if if, if Ali himse- can't 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 fulfil that contract. Falling himself has said he he's just concentrating on getting through this season. And if he gets to the end of the season with no injuries, then we'll talk. He said I, that himself. I'm not going to scud the fella, but he took some punishment in the games he's played. Yeah. And on yes. Saturday he took a lot of punishment. Well, what, uh, what started the whole farce with the referee on Saturday was that a Preston guy, after five minutes, put a horrendous oh, tackle shocking. in on him that shocking. didn't get a yellow card, which basically gave everybody carte blanche to that do a few, as they A few games ago as well, didn't he? Where he, he was at Lottes Road. The Brighton, yeah, the last Brighton game. Yeah. yeah, he was tackled and he jumped up. and, and, and Rightly so. We didn't see him Saturday morning. On, on both occasions, mm. rightly so. They were just horrible. I, th- I think... I think with Ali, what, what he brings to the club, he brings a calmness. But then you say that before the Brentford game, he was he was up for his, his. He knows he knows what the club means. He gets he gets it. You don't have to tell him. It's a bit like Clint Hill. He's, he's not they're not allowed to be from the area. They just have. It's funny how what we're going to do in twenty years time. There'll be no one from two thousand and ten left. We'll have to really panic to get some soul back into our club because it seems to be without them lads coming in now and again, we we lose our way. Well, I was going to, I was going to say. What I often think when we've got players, when you listen to players on this podcast from sort of 2003, 2004 and whatever, and they still really love the club, mm. and you listen to people from 92, 93, they're the same. I often sit and think, well, who do we have now that in 10 years will be on the podcast? And fall, <laughs> fall in is one of those. But the other thing I would say is, aside from all the emotional thing, still our best midfielder. We're well, still a much done. better yeah, team yeah, with him in it. So, like, they take... I feel a little bit sorry for the club on Daniel Tozer because that looked like a decent signing. They knew they needed another fall-in because fall-in can't play all the games. They got Tozer, who'd had a good season at Watford in a promotion season, and Tozer's been awful. Um, mm. You know, you can't legislate for that. But they know that fall-ins... We haven't got anyone at the club that can do what fall-in can do. So well, even aside from even the I was just going to say that I think um, the last couple of games I've seen, uh, Massimo Luongo is doing more of a fall-in job. I think he's holding the ball and distributing it. I don't think he's defensively as good as, uh, uh, as fall-in, but... I think I'm really impressed with how, how he's coming along. Mm. And I think maybe he's even got a, a bit more attacking flair to his game than Ali. So I, th- I don't think. Yeah, I do agree. I mean, we haven't got we haven't got a direct replacement from for Fallen, but I think you know Luongo could be in time. You could actually play them together. I think. Well, they tried that for a few weeks, but it was in a four four two. And yeah. he, basically, Fulham walked straight through them. Mm. But to be so, fair, yeah, we, we, could, we could play Fulham with Messi and, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and sign the like. Real it's a shame we gave him those um, six points, they'd yeah. be gone. Don't. Uh, right. Let's, who, let's go to, seriously, I'm, I'm not joking. One thing that's really upsetting me is that Fulham are going to stay up probably in the six points they got off us. Mm. Yeah. There is nothing more devastating than that, I tell you. I, I'm absolutely. Because Brentford still might go down to its handy. But absolutely gutted that Fulham are probably going to stay up. T- two other contract related questions. Sorry. David Hoylett. Does he get one? Oh, that is. I think that is probably the trickiest one. My initial feeling was absolutely not on your Nelly. You can't have. You can't have a, a four year. Years, yeah. You can't have, not you, on your Nelly. Uh, that is. That needs a retro so, bell. Ding ding. Not on your Nelly. <laughs> yeah. you, you, you can't. You can't have a four year contract and only turn up for for half a year of it. Although Joe Barton did a, a, almost a good job of doing that. But um, actually, I think you know Hoylett has put his back into it. Is he playing mm. for a contract? I don't know. He's gonna he's gonna be on fairly big money. Year extension on reduced terms. I would I he suspect won't. he's our top earner now, along with Sandro, because it was still on a contract from the Marcus era. Yeah. 
don't make the same mistake we made with Armand Traore. If somebody has only exactly. turned up for the final two or three months of their contract, the reason they've done that is because they either need a new contract from you or a new contract somewhere else. And I think if we did anything other than renew it for one year on massively reduced terms, we would find that he just went back to being the waster he was before. Mm. What I would say is, uh, say you were no, no, is it's it's um. It's clear that he's doing his best to get a contract, and we're doing well out of that, so that's a good thing. Yeah, I wouldn't give him the contract because he didn't do enough before that. And also, in all fairness, what was he doing for all those years beforehand? Exactly. Nothing. And he's, he's all, what you mean at Blackburn? And no, when he came to Rangers, right? And and also not being it, it's nice that we nice in the player we thought we signed, but let him, at least this way he walks away when he comes back, he won't get booed. Where if he stays and he turns back to what he was, he's going to get booed. And let's not go overboard about how well he's playing. He's playing. Yeah, uh, he's playing reasonably well. He's not. He's not tearing trees up. He's clearly trying. I think. Yeah. That, Which I know, but say. that's how awful he was before. That we're sitting here going, at least he's trying. That guy's on serious wedge. Mm. Like, he could go with his head held above his shoulders. Now. I don't even <laughs> think he can, mate. Like, you know, no, he's, he's done all right. He's, he, he could go in that way. He won't get absolutely mullered like Sean Wright Phillips did. And well, no, I mean, like that, that. I mean, that guy was a, a problem. He's got, Junior Hoylet's got Chinese Super League written all over him, hasn't he? Because he's another one of these players like, um, as in for his next move, he's another one of these players like Sean Wright Phillips. He's earning way too much money to get a deal anywhere that he wants to play in this country. He'll go to Germany and do quite well. Again, I've, well, I heard a story, and again, whether you can put this out or not or whatever. Go on, Clive. Yeah, we'll put it go out. On. Is that he actually, uh, I mean, this is to his credit, had an offer to go permanently to MK Dons when they came up last summer, but obviously with MK Dons' budget and whatever, the contract was vastly inferior, but he wanted to take it so that he could play football, um, which speaks to his credit and his dad who is also his agent said absolutely not you will never get a contract like the one you've got a QPR mm. at the moment you are going to sit here until the end of junior this Hoylet senior. Yeah, ju- yeah, <laughs> junior senior yeah junior senior senior that's yeah. an interesting one isn't that it? is interesting might be nonsense but I suspect it possibly is so one other contract nice except that they except that MK Dons then came back in January uh, with a loan offer so yeah. they're obviously keen on him F- final question in contract hour um, does Rob Green get a new contract? No, <laughs> no, that's a joke. That's a joke. Or Armand Traore, who did it? Who did an absolutely no, be, cracking to, to, job to in the fair, Christmas video? To be fair, in that photograph, where he's staring out at empty space, who uh, Rob Green in that interview did, yeah. and they've got the photographs where uh, you know that's, that, that, that's, I mean, that's brilliant. That, that's the best football goalkeeping that, shot I've ever seen. That, that, that was so I mean, self-indulgent, in my view. That interview, obviously, a journalist who is a friend has yeah. done that. Interview. And Matt Lawton, who is it? Matt Lawton. Yeah. He, he's obviously not watched us at all this. Season. Well, I would say I would say a couple of things about that interview. Is what I mean. I'm not in the habit of tweeting journalists because it's very annoying when people do that to me when I've made mistakes in articles. So. Um, but he he said in that article that Robert Green is still clearly the best goalkeeper comfortably, at QPR. Think, comfortably the best, goalkeeper, which mm. anybody that has watched mm. us this season knows is not the case, and yep. knows how much Alex Smithies has improved us. And his logic was he came back to me with, "Come back to me when Alex Smithies has played for England." Oh, that's ridiculous! Uh, By that logic, Les Ferdinand is still the best centre forward, at da- our and club. David Seaman is actually the yeah, best goalie we, at QPR. Yeah. So, so he said to you. Yeah, I mean, he's a Daily Mail journalist, mate. So let's you know, don't start with a Daily Mail. It comes, Carry on. It comes with. Um, the, so, the Robert, question sorry, Robert, Robert Green can have a contract. If he can stand on the Loftus Road pitch and go beyond the halfway line with 50 goal kicks in a row, he can have a new contract. Can't do it. So, no contract for Robert well, Green. What I would say for Rob Green is that he, again, he's at the situation where he could have just departed, but no one's going to wish him any 
ill thoughts or anything but then that interview I don't think did him any favours no. and it's one of them no, things it was ill judged it's about keeping himself in the shop window isn't it I, I just wanted to say that um, actually I, I don't want to be too harsh on, on Rod Green because I do think he's a really good pro I remember going to a fans forum uh, I think it was a couple of years ago uh, when the, when the Harry Redknapp was at and, and Rob Green spoke really really well he said how you know, proud he was to be at QPR he sounded like a, a, a model professional but I you know, he, I don't think he's done himself any favours with that article. He, we all we all know that he's that he's on he's on big money. I think he 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 announced via the Daily Mail that he had this thing with his contract that it, there was an auto renewal in it. I, th- I think which it's he time could him, have cancelled. Yeah, which he could have cancelled. I think I think he just needs to to, yeah. to move on. And and um, yeah, let's not. And also, I would add to that he clearly hasn't been treated well by the club, but. QPR treating people not Boo. well is not new. Now, Clive, I don't want to get you started. Fifty thousand pound a week going into his back. I wish QPR and without were treating me that. It, and without That's going into it, Clive, I think the the I know I don't want us to get into it. But the money someone's paid has got nothing to do with it. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't be treated mm. well with respect mm. and be treated fairly. Disagree. But but I definitely wouldn't offer him a new contract, and I'm not part of the Rob Green fan club. Um, the point I was going to make was that is kind of by the by. I agree on. on no, no, no point. Well, the point for him in doing that interview presumably was to angle for a new move. What the last thing I wanted to ask you about a contract is: is Carl Henry out of contract? Yes. Yes. Does he get a new one? No. Yes, on greatly reduced terms, because the club were going to release him last summer, but he had this option that was on his side. So he's still on the contract that he was given during well, Redknapp's time. I suppose the question, the que- we can't he's control on what, the terms. He, the question is, do, does he get offered a new contract or say yes, get, at the a, right price? But, a, you know, a, pro, a, a contract relative to his ability, which is not what he's on there. Uh, I think I'd probably... Oh God, that's another tricky one, isn't it? Um, he, he has a bit of a roller coaster of form, doesn't he? He has times when he's absolutely appalling and, and really can't influence the game. And other times when he does exactly what he's meant to do, which is to be the holding midfielder, get tackles in, uh, and to break up play. So, um, mm, tricky one, I think, yeah. Maybe on reduced terms. Absolutely not. Why not? Because that, that rule, we need younger players to come through. And Henry is one of the players I would like to see go so we can create a pathway to the first team. Not maybe that for younger players to come in, like the Washingtons, like other players, all right, Washington hasn't set it on fire, I get that, I understand that. I'd like to see younger, hungry, lower league players coming in and having that rule, so I would I, let him go. I actually do don't disagree with you on that. If, if they have scouted and know of a player that they're going to sign in that position, I wouldn't want us to sign a player, renew Henry's contract, and Henry be blocking somebody exactly. else's But path. So, okay, if I'm playing devil's advocate, why do you apply that logic to Carl Henry but not to Clint Hill? Well, surely Clint Hill will be blocking someone's progress if he gets offered a contract next year. Um, because Clint Hill's got a lot more passion, drive and desire for QPR than Cole Henry will ever, ever have. And also, Clint's clearly not going to play very much. If you do That's renew true. his contract, he's just sort of around the place in case it, it all goes to shit and we need him. Or, you know, it's valuable to have people like that. Carl Henry doesn't bring that value. How old is Carl Henry? 31? 30, 31? I think he's older than that. I think he's a bit older. He's done, well, he's done well to have the football career he's had. I'm not slagging him. And, and long may he continue playing better than he has this end of the season. He did at the start of the season, but now I wouldn't renew his contract. I don't know if I made that clear. You have. Okay. <laughs> um, Excellent. Fans Forum was last week. Uh, were you, Clive was there. Steve, were you there? No, I wasn't, no. I wasn't. I have read your write-up on Loft for Words. 
what was your your verdict for it and a kind of brief summary for anyone that's listening that hasn't sort of read the notes or anything? It was a lot calmer and more serene than those things have been in the past, uh, which is probably a product of having a forum straight after two great home wins, but also a product of the club actually communicating with its fans a little bit better. I mean, we all remember the the famous Phil Beard fans forum where he basically hadn't been responding to anybody's emails, so loads of people who'd emailed him turned up to yell at him for, mm-hmm. for two hours, you know. Absolutely, and justifiably yeah. so. I mean, the guy was an idiot. Um, so it, it was fine. But I, <laughs> Hello, Phil. <laughs> we don't miss you. <laughs> no, nobody does. Um, yeah, I mean, the thing that I was, say, I was saying to, to Paul in the pub before is, because um, we were talking about why would you not start, if Junior Hoyler is going to go, why would you not start picking Connor Washington in that position just to give him a go? And I said to Paul, if they happen to lose three in a row, which they could easily do for one reason or another, our next three games aren't particularly easy. If we lose three in a row, there will be people that want Hasselbank sacked again. So it, there are people out there that are just sort of that short term about it. Yeah. So they had a forum last week. We'd won two home games. We played well, and the forum went sort of nice. Do you really nice and think calmly. it's that one-dimensional? That it's that simple because we. We're on a good run of form. It went okay. No, I did, no. As I've said, I think they're doing a good job. And those three people that were sitting at the table last week, Hasselbank, Ferdinand, and Hughes, they should just be left to get on with it. So, do you not think it's changed quite quickly with Les Ferdinand? Not changed quite quickly, but there were, you know, around the time that Chris Ramsey got the sack, there was sort of few murmurings about Les, and you know, kind of discussions like, let's hope he doesn't ruin his legacy. Um, but now they, they seem to have cleared up with with a bit of form. I well, guess for me, for me, uh, Les, uh, you know, fantastic legend, and I, I just think the jury's still out. I, I don't think we've yeah, yet to agree. see what agree. is really going to deliver. Um, and I and I think there's things going on with the team and uh, and the formation and the coaching that maybe still need to be looked at. For example, um, we you know we we seem insistent on playing four two three one. Now that's obviously Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank's um, territory. I don't think I don't think Les is is is, is choosing uh, is choosing or influencing the formation at all. But who, what what inf- what influence is Les having? Is 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 it at a much higher strategic level? Is he deciding on contracts? Is he is he informing the player strategy for next year? I think. Les needs more time in the role for us to actually make a fair judgment about what he's actually brought to the role. I just Ooh. think it's too early to say. Yeah. I think I think what what doesn't help is that again, me and Claire have talked about earlier on the pub. The under teams are taking a hammer in this season. The the results are terrible. Um, they really are <laughs> suffering. The under twenty one so called reserve side. We've had seventy players, a lot of trialists. Um, it needs to be more settled. We need to have a. Again, it's pathways. We need a pathway to the first team. Um, send player, you know, under eighteen, under twenty-one, out on loan, you know, near the first team, whatever. But there's something going wrong. But I mean, and that, that's a league problem. The reserve leagues now are terrible. I mean, I remember the days when you used to parade the QPR team in the pitch. We won the Southern Floodlight Cup, yeah. all the things out there. So you know, and, and football's changed because you know, obviously, the Premiership teams don't care about reserves. They've got half the players playing halfway around the world, or whatever. But that needs to be. Re- um, and that's not necessarily Les's problem, but yeah, the jury is still out. But he'll never lo- lose his legacy as a player because he, you know, single-handedly kept us up for quite a few seasons. So he'll, he'll never lose that. It's just a question of can he step into the role that he's got and make it a good role for himself? Because people forget he's got no experience in this. 
know, regardless of anything, he's never done this sort of thing before. It will take time. It was, I felt it was sad how Steve Gallon was treated. You talk about how you treat people earlier on. I don't think um, Steve was treated very well, and I put that firmly on Les's shoulders, unfortunately. And maybe he'll learn from that, and experience will will teach him not to do that again to somebody. Um, how did Hasselbank perform? Charismatic, sort of funny guy. You know, he had to get a, had a good answer for for everything. Mm. Um, I'm, you know, I'm more bothered about, you know, how he's performing as a man, and I think you can see clear improvements across the board in our team in its fitness its shape mm. the way it's defending you've got to remember like, we, w- we had the worst defensive record in the league by yeah. the, at the end of September and I think since Smithies has come in we've kept clean sheets in half of the games that he's, he's played we look, we look fitter and better you know I'm more bothered about that than how he performs at a forum I, th- I th- personally think Les Ferdinand's done a terrific job mm. um, as, as Finney says not experienced in this role um, but you look, we have brought the average age and the average wage of our team down this season. We've cut costs across the board. We're in the top half of this division. We're well positioned to move forward next next season. He was quite defensive, I thought, last Tuesday. There was, you know, there were some pointed questions about whether he picks the team and whether he does that. And he was he was quite defensive. Um, and this habit that certain sections of our support have for turning on their own. You know, Les Ferdinand is one of our. I know he's a Tottenham fan, and what you know, but he is one of ours. He's one of our. You know, he's one of our greatest ever players. Um, if anybody deserves, and I, I do take Finney's point on board about the the Steve Gallon thing, which I don't know a lot about, but looks appalling from the outside. Mm-hmm. I think Ferdinand's done a, a fantastic, fantastic job this season, um, and we'll see how we do next season. And Lee Hoos took quite a central role. Can I just say something about Hasselbank? Sorry. Sure. Sorry. Sure. I like the fact that he's very calm. I like the fact he thinks through what he says. And there's not a lot of bullshit about the fella. He's He's got a plan. He's got a strategy in place. And long may that continue, because that's been missing. It's like, it's difficult. It's, it's a... Oh, no. yeah. Do you know what I mean? We've had so much... Dutch accent. No, that's how I read, and that was my field Cockney accent. Oh, right. Very good. Okay. Um, pretty Jimmy, decent, Do a Jimmy Floyd accent. I, I, I can barely do a Belfast one. Right. Um, you just have uh, to keep saying it is what it is over and over again. Yeah, yeah. That one. But, but, yeah. Uh, I could do one about... negotiating. tears, watch it tears. Yeah. I, uh, Incidentally, while we're on the subject... The He's man, totally threw me in that one, sorry. The, the man whose knees were so bad that he couldn't walk from his hotel <laughs> to a restaurant or watch his what grandson play football is now joint managing Derby and Jordan. Brilliant, isn't it? Hey, What I think, I think he... And he's <laughs> always been friends with Prince... Ben, Jilly, Herman. He's always wanted to manage him ever, since he, was, ever man- since he was a boy. Uh, I think he thought he was a model. Is he taking his backroom staff with him to the Jordan job? Well, Bondy can't drive him to Jordan, can he? Unless Bondy's learnt to fly a plane, so presumably not, because that's all Bondy, uh, Bondy uh, was ever here for. I mean specifically Joe Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> Just for the pun value, symmetry value. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, no, I know. But it's weird how they never got jobs anywhere else. Carry on. <laughs> um, Lee Hoos some maybe liked not liked whatever certainly seems to be respected I think what Lee's got to stop doing is stop saying the I'm an American what do I know about football it's funny it's, 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 it's to the point now we've said this many times and, but what it's, it's not doing he's been in football a hell of a long time 
and he knows exactly what he's doing. And thank God we've got someone who actually does know what they're yeah. doing. Um, for me, uh, Lee Hughes is is a breath of fresh air, and certainly was when he when he, when he walked in. The comparison with Phil Beard is night and day. Um, Lee Hughes is, is a very much a people person. He does know he does know the inside the football side of thing um, inside out. Um, I, I, if if I was having a word in his ear, which clearly I'm not, uh, I but you just, can now. Like, we know they listen. So uh, go well, on. I think on, there's Steve. one or two things that maybe they've been a little bit. Um, what should we say? R- ridden roughshod on recently. You know, right. the, my, the, the, the 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 key example I have, and I know this. I hope I hope like half of the audience didn't switch off here. But the thing about the founding date. Um, personally, I, I'm actually, I don't actually think it's that big a deal, but I know there are some people who think it is very, very, very important. Um, and at a recent supporters consultative meeting, I feel that uh, the, 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 Lee, Lee basically thinks no one cares um, and that it's not something that he wants to pursue. And, and I think we're staying with 1882. Uh, I felt that that was a little bit dismissive of some of the, the, the strength of passion that there is and when and when you've got someone like Gordon Macy a club historian sort of you know insisting it should be 1886 it should at least be should at least be listened to and, and not kind of dismissed as a as, a, as a as a bit of a joke so I think it's one of those things you know the club has to remember that they are custodians at the end of the day um, you know we'll be around long after they've gone and the club will be around long after we've gone I think so the thing about the date is I know I'm going to lose the audience let's not do the date no no, but the thi- no hang on it's important to some people dude. I know, no no but I know it's important I, but what I would say, what I'm I would saying say was, that Christmas is around the corner okay and a few a few actually it's Easter but never mind oh. let's not get technical um, let's not that bit be across the bow for anyone um, the thing is it, you call this week Jesus week yeah usually because my mum's mad on Jesus anyway um so what what happens? Why eighteen eighty six? A few years ago, we wore sh- we wore this one hundred twenty five years in the back of the shirt commemorating our founding date with eighteen eighty six, and now we're still going with eighteen eighty two. It's often it's like the the it's like anything. Some people say we don't even spell our name properly, but the date is eighteen eighty six. If the club historian says that, if we wore one hundred twenty five years anniversary shirts commemorating eighteen eighty six, then it should be eighteen eighty six in my book. And eighteen eighty two was only done. In the cup final year, and before that, everyone thought it was 1885, but it's actually 1886 because that's when the, both clubs emerged, and that's when QPR was born. That's why they've got a plaque in near Drip Street outside St Jude's Hall, uh, which says that QPR was founded on this date, 1886. Therefore, we're founded in 1886. I mean, Go before on. before that meeting, I went to, I, I didn't really, I, I didn't really mind, and actually, I probably care about it more now than oh. you know, because it's been. Kind of dismissed rather than and than actually but it's dealt a with fact. properly. It's like when's your birthday? Yeah. It's your birthday. Hang on though. Oh God, I really don't want us to talk about this. <laughs> but I was also at that meeting where we read Gordon Macy's recommendations, and he also said that Queens Park Rangers' name is spelt wrong, and it should have an apostrophe in it. Which is right. So uh, are you also saying we should change our name back to Queens Park Rangers with an apostrophe? That's the correct spelling. I mean, you're asking dyslexic that question. Thanks for that. But. Queen's Park, everything, the park was named after a queen that was given to one of Henry VIII's wives. I think it was Catherine Parr, I don't know if I said that right or whatever. But it should be. Was is that it right? Yeah. I don't think I knew um, that. Anyway, so what, so the, um, the thing is, it was taken out by Ron Phillips, I believe, because he thought it just didn't look right. But it, the correct spelling should be with the apostrophe. But... I will not down a trench over that one, but it's still wrong. Ours and we end. should get a name right. Ours end. No, sorry. Not on that, but we uh, have had various 
degrees of competency at CEO level at our club. Yeah. We have employed a specialist in exactly the situation we're in now, and they think that we've met financial fair play this season, despite the Sandro thing, despite the Fur thing, despite the Green thing, despite having to renew Henry's contract, despite all of that. They said that we've met financial fair play this season. Hats off to the fellow. Yeah. Bad, have we, have badge got, or no badge. Have we got George Osborne's accountant to do that? <laughs> you, you know what I liked about Lee Hughes at that supporters meeting that we went to? He's not afraid to stand up in front of a room of QPR fans and give his honest opinion and tell them that he thinks they're wrong. And the example of that was we were talking about the, um, t- the admission prices campaign, the 20's plenty, as in 20 quid is enough. And he said... I totally disagree with 20 plenty. 20's plenty. It isn't enough. How do you know that 20's plenty? I know what we need to run a, cl- a mm. club properly, and I, I, I don't think it is enough. I would like us to charge 25. Now, even if you disagree with the guy, at least he is not playing the easy PR win of trying to appease the fans and kind of either not mentioning it or saying 20 is plenty. At least he's giving his honest assessment of the situation and isn't afraid to express that. Less Fernandez and more Hughes. Knows what he's but doing. The, the thing, all right, the 20, yeah. Quickly on the 20 plenty thing. That works if you ignore our wage bill and the fact we've wasted millions upon millions and millions of pounds. The, the Football League have got a serious problem now because the Premier League have price capped away fans next season. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's really unfair in a lot of, of, of league clubs who need the money. And perhaps it's time that there's a, there's a wage cap in the Football League that will actually help everyone, players well, and clubs. Well, if we vote, I presumably, if we're out of Europe, things like that are a lot easier to implement. But this is not a discussion for now because now we are moving what on. What got to do with it? Because if we're out of Europe, we're not subject to um, kind of quotas and things like that over European players coming in. You think the Football in. League even know about Europe? Do they even <laughs> care about Europe? Don't be ridiculous, Steve. I don't even know what year it is. Carry on. Ours end. Let's go to the R's end. We've got five minutes. I will start. It is three years tonight since Queen's uh, Park Rangers 3, Liverpool 2. Yeah. That was three years ago today. What a... I don't really know what I want to say about it, apart from there are a few games in memory where you really think that is what it is supposed to be like, being a football fan, being a QPR fan. That was a tremendous night. That proved to me that football is the best soap opera, the best movie, the best drama available. Much better than anything you can get on telly to come back from 2-0 down. And who scored the goals? Sean Derry, Sean Jamie Derry Mackie scored, and Gibraltar yeah. Cissé. What a great night. Um, I, I, um, I looked at a couple of, sort of the videos and stuff on YouTube today. What an absolutely great time to be a QPR fan. And, and uh, I just wanted to mark that. It's three years since that brilliant, brilliant evening. Paul? The Liverpool fans took it really well, didn't they? <laughs> I have to and they, admit. and they did it again at the weekend. They lo- they love that anniversary yeah, it's so much. True, you're right. Again. You're right. That was yesterday. It, it, it was pretty. I mean, commemorated the anniversary just, just by doing the same thing again. And that, that 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 night, that was possibly one of the the greatest atmospheres we've had in a long time. And do you know what? If we can get those atmospheres at Loftus Road every every midweek game, I tell you what, that, we'd be. So that's hard to when beat. you knew. Do you know what? We might just do it. We might just stay up. It's, it sparked the whole thing, didn't it? Cheap, yeah. it? cheap mm-hmm. shot, cheap point. What was the turning point in the game? Uh, Mackie coming on or Derry's... Uh, Who did Mackie going come? off? Uh, no. He went off for Tarrap. He went he? off for Barton, didn't he? Barton went Oh, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Bosh, there's my cheap Jerry Barton. Yeah, Bash you're right, you're right. <laughs> that was the worst impression of someone hitting a drum ever. <laughs> um, I've never seen, Clive. quite frankly, that was scary. But well done anyway. Um, oh. Thank God he wasn't a drummer. Jesus. <laughs> He'd been in Buck's Fizz. Um... 
My my Oz end is is quite serious and sad, and at the same time, funny. Because do we need to put music on? No, and seven bits voice comes. Yeah, that's what. No, I listened last week to the Radio Five Stambuls um, with his daughter, and well, sometimes tears will be filling up in your eyes because you hear the the whole journey that his his daughter's having in his life now, and he's clearly in a wee bit of trouble, Stan. Um, but he's still there. He's still in. The, he's he's still. You know, they mentioned that the, 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 anyone. By the way, anyone go on to you go on to um. F- Phil Williams' um, page of Five Live, I've actually got, you can actually download yeah, you it, download it listen to it, and it's brilliant. And um, there's a, the bit that made me laugh was like, this sort of like, he is what he is, Dan, but when they talk about horses and topless women, he's back in the yeah. room. And, <laughs> and, and his love, he, as, as his daughter says, he doesn't really like football, but if QPR are on, he'll watch it. Mm-hmm. And that, 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 that brought a tear to my eye, and that, that made me remember the fact that that's why we fell in love with this football club, people like Stan Balls. And I really, really, really hope that our football club and our fans can get together for the next 12 months, whatever, and do lots of things for Stan, raise him lots of money. And don't forget, because Stan Balls filled that ground single-handedly at times, and we we owe him so much more than we're giving him. I'm not saying the club are wrong, by the way. I'm just saying we can just do so much more as a fan base and as a club, Mm. and let's do that. Forget everything, just... Focus our season's over. Let's just focus on loads of things for Stan Balls, and that's all I want to say. Really. Okay, can I just add to that that uh, any anyone who hasn't heard that piece of radio, that, that interview with him and his daughter, should should because it is a stunning, stunning mm. interview, and and Phil Williams handled it really well. Um, I did see one or two comments from people on on social media saying they didn't think that it should have been aired because it, I mean it does make Stan look vulnerable but in in my view the thing is is that him and his family want to raise awareness about mm-hmm. about dementia and, 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 and this does it. it it does it very very poignantly the, the, the sad thing is Steve sorry to jump in again there's people listening to this podcast who are going through as a family or as a person yeah. what Stan's going through got to stop locking this out of the room we have to talk about it and I tell you what I agree I thought that was brilliant on the BBC. I thought it was brilliant in the programme to do that. And they handled it brilliantly. Stan came across brilliantly. His daughter's world, I know, is difficult, but she handled it really well. And, yeah, I, 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 just brilliant radio. Please listen. Every QPR fan, listen to it, please. You have to. We'll all retweet, we'll retweet the link tomorrow. To yeah, the, please. Yeah. Steve. Um, sorry. I'd like to... Uh, two, if I may, one very quick one, one one maybe longer one. Quick one is uh, I've, I'm on the podcast. I've got to I've got to mention Hereford. Um, they, <laughs> they are going to Wembley. Would you believe it? Now they beat Salisbury, which is another Phoenix club managed by Steve Claridge. So we actually managed to knock Steve Claridge out of the FA Vars. Absolutely fantastic. Um, but it's brilliant because there wasn't a club there. Uh, December 2014, Hereford United disappeared, and so they're up and running again and going well in the ninth tier. Um, Can I just this point and say I would mention Glen Torn, but they're shy to carry on. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, the the slightly longer one is um, the club recently asked fans to write to the Old Oak Development Corporation. I've probably got that wrong um, in in support of a, of a, of a new stadium. Um, and I'm, this is probably going to be a bit con- controversial and I'll probably get some stick about it. I don't care. Um, I'm not going to write on behalf, you know, supporting it because, number one, I do think we should have uh, a, a new stadium. I think we need it um, for economic reasons. I think Lee, who's made the case very well, I'm just not sure whether 
the what's being proposed at the moment, which is effectively a new town in in West London, the way it's being done, uh, I think I think the fans maybe deserve uh, a little bit better, and it's it's not particularly a vision I share. And to be honest, on the record of the owners over the last four and a half years, um, I I really don't I really don't think they're the right people to recognise this vision vision for us. So there you are. I've said it. Christ alive! That's, that's your. Uh, it was nice having this podcast. <laughs> uh, we'd like nice to thank knowing you, you still. Yeah, yeah. uh, sure. We'd like to thank everyone for listening to us over the last few years. To get, I mean, not to to go too deep because you could do a whole podcast on that. It is no. I mean, one of the big mistakes I think QPR made was leaving that in the hands of Philip Beard and Anthony Spencer to begin with. I know this is basically turning into the Philip Beard hour. Um, but there's our title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but they've. Uh, I noticed, uh, which you will find if you looked on LinkedIn, they have hired a person now who is very quietly going about uh, his business on this, whose LinkedIn profile is basically director of communications for 10 Downing Street, director of communications for... Is he a this is well? Alan Senderek. Yeah. He, was, the, he was at the meetings, QPR fan. Yeah. Okay. But um, he's, and they've obviously yeah. hired somebody who is political and knows how to play the game. And it was noticeable at the fans forum last week that... A l- every question about the new ground went back to the mayoral election. So they've kind of realised you can't just send somebody like Anthony Spencer in there to, you know, do the Cockney wide boy. We're going to, I built the Arsenal ground, so you'll get, we're going to have a new ground here, whether you like it or not. Mm. So they play, they, they seem to be, I've come round to the idea that they've got to play my, the game. My worry is that we're going to spend so much time on this that we're going to lose it. And if we're not going to get it, which I don't think we will, we need to look for somewhere else. Or we need, we need also, don't lose sight of you need to maintain and keep the ground that you're already That's in in good order and work it, you know, work it harder than you're working it. Mm. Although I, do, I think Hugh said at a recent meeting that our uh, non-match day income at Loftus Road has gone from 15000 a year to 100000 a year. Um, so they are doing a bit of that, but Loftus Road, you know, you need to keep. Mate, you can't just say, "Oh, we're going to leave here in five, six, seven years," because you're not. So yeah. it needs to and up. We, we honestly, the stadium is a whole other, not even a podcast, a whole other series of podcasts in their own right. Just one more thing on that. Perhaps we should do, just one but more, not now. Just one, just, yes, just one Steve. more thing on that. I, I just think I'd like to see some, just some debate about what kind of club we want to be. Obviously, we want to be a successful club but do we do we want to be you know rattling around in a, in a huge stadium um and i'm not sure what the answer is I, I mean i don't i don't have an answer at my sleeve i certainly you know as a private individual i don't have an alternative but i think i don't like the fact that this is the only option on the table i'd like to know whether there are actually other real options out there well it's the only option for now but presumably if it doesn't come to fruition there are going to have to be other right. options quickly in one, one second without going wrong do up the ground promote yourself in the area do up Shepherd's Bush let everyone know that you exist in the area because you come out of any tube station you wouldn't even know QPR exists do that build up your fan base then we can get people locked outside and then we can start talking about a new ground as it stands now we need to really work on building the fan base building the ground and also being proud of where we come from in the area Clive how you doing? Clive, finish us off, as the old saying goes, (laughs) as the actress said to the bishop. Happy ending, yeah. No, I've got so much that I could say on that. Me too, Um, but let's not do it now. It's a whole new podcast. Sure, yeah, it's a whole new podcast. Short one, Seb Polter hasn't had a mention. I think he's playing really well. Yeah, it, it gets a lot. Of, it gets a lot of grief from the people that sit around me, and uh, I think he's very effective in his own unique way. And I'm liking his elongated, extravagant goal celebrations. Yeah, is it uh, a new different way? 
Secondly, better, better, better than Devon White. Uh, no, he's about the same as Devon White. Yeah, I Devon think. White was yeah. all right. Yeah, Devon, uh, Devon White was all right. I think he. Sorry, okay. go, go anyway, go same, same job. Uh, secondly, like to, just to, to you know attract criticism for talking about another club on the, the QPR podcast, and I know you've done Leicester already. Yeah. Uh, but Alan Birchnall, who is a former player of theirs and does their halftime announcements and a lot of fundraising, made a point at the last game of last season when we were. Busy getting done 5-1 with uh, my friend Joey and various other people prancing around. Um, made a point at half-time of coming over to the away end and announcing to the ground that the people in the corner had come to support their team today, even though they'd been relegated weeks ago. And he thought it was fantastic. And that he made a point of saying that these are proper football fans here. They, their team's already been relegated and they will come back stronger while people like this... I still care about them and he made all the Leicester fans uh, clap the sad few of us that had gone mm. to watch and if Leicester are going to win the league which is looking increasingly likely I'm really delighted for him because he seemed like a top fellow he didn't need to do that mm. I agree look it, it, it's probably worth saying again however bad when your club is doing terribly when you're not you know when Leicester is the hope for all of us you know when we're, we're languishing wherever we are, but one day we could be Leicester. We could be that club that comes from nowhere and wins the Premier League because they will win the Premier League. So they are to 87 clubs. So that's the 92 minus the four twats w- at the top. <laughs> they are an absolute inspiration and we will all be celebrating and you know the Premier League, when they win the you Premier League. Know, you know that Philip Scudamore will do when he'll have his head in his hand banging it off the wall because he only likes Man United or Chelsea. Yeah, well, anything league. that upsets that guy is a good thing. Exactly. <laughs> and I'll let it go that it, his name isn't Philip Scudamore. Oh, one right. last, last thing. <laughs> can, I, can I just wish... Um, Mr. Fitzgerald, uh, um, a safe recovery from his recent heart bypass. Yes, you can. Okay, this has been Open All Odds QPR podcast. We are not here next week. There's no football on Easter weekend. There is, there's internationals. Okay, there's internationals and there's lower division. Can but you ever remember it? No, I was so trying to think about it. Connor this. Washington, thank you for being called up to Northern Ireland squad. That means one of our last players wasn't Steve Murrell. <laughs> <laughs> I know there's no football. I might go down to Barnet at the weekend. They got Luton at home. I might go down because there's no football. I can't remember the last Easter weekend where there was no <laughs> club football anyway. Um, well, you, so know, you know they're in Edgeboro, yeah? Sorry? You know they're in Edgeboro, I know. It's around the corner from okay. me, isn't it? Um, we are not here next week, therefore, Gabe, just looking at you, the engineer, we're not here next week. Thank you for listening. This has been Open All Us. UPR! UPR!